you have to take advantage of your resources and the space that you're in and taking a step back and being able to see like, what are those programs and things that I can get involved with to just educate myself? Like when I was first learning about it, it, it was like a little overwhelming because I wasn't familiar with like how to be more involved and in making the space more inclusive and just making it more accessible. But The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 142 of Life in Motion. I've got Phoebe LaHoot with me, who's no stranger to the outdoors. In fact, she grew up in her family's outdoor gear store in New Hampshire. I'm excited to hear her story and the perspective she has from both playing and working in the outdoors. Phoebe, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to kind of hear uh, your story and your background, especially um, kind of a unique perspective kind of growing up sort of in the outdoor industry and also the outdoors as well. So I guess to, to kick things off, let's start, you know, with who you are, where, where did you grow up sort of? How, how did you kind of get into this lifestyle or kind of uh, in, injected into this lifestyle, if you will? Yeah, honestly, it was kind of like from birth. It was I grew up in Northern California in a tiny little town north of the Notch. It's little to New Hampshire, tiny town population, like 5000 when I was growing up. But I grew up with my family's ski shop, Lahoots Country Clothing and Ski Shop. We're the oldest in America since 1920. So that was wow. obviously very ingrained and something that I like grew up with starting from working at the store when I was little. Um, and I went to a tiny little private high school. Um, we only had 50 people in my graduating class, so it was tiny. But I grew up kind of like we had a big backyard. We have a big field. We grew up in the snow. I have two younger siblings. They're 22 and 17 now, but we grew up in the outdoors all the time. But it wasn't really until high school that I started to downhill race. I was playing tennis in high school, dancing. I was like a part of a company dancing. So that was my main focus. But once I started that downhill racing was when I was like, dang, this is really cool. I'm soaked in the winter. But I also had the the feeling of wanting to go west. So I was like back and forth. Do I stay in New Hampshire? Do I go out west and I did make the jump but it's really really cool being able to grow up with that family ski shop and be a part of it and yeah, yeah. no that's that's awesome definitely you know kind of uh, almost didn't have a choice there of course but so kind of going back to the the family shop a little bit um I think you said what the 1920s that opened the oldest one um mm -hmm. which yeah I, I didn't know that so that's interesting so what I guess from your, your family's perspective, like what, what I guess, and do you know, like the story that inspired them to start like that specific like shop and like what kind of the background story of it is? Cause I mean, that's, like I said, that's a long time ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was my great grandmother and um, my, it was my grandfather who brought the skis into the shop, but it was my great grandmother who started up this shop um, that was kind of like a gas station, a, a place to get like your dairy or cheese or whatever. Um, and then when he came back from the wars, he was l really stoked on the outdoors and wanted to start bringing skiing into the area or at least a ski shop that you could go and grab your skis at. And so he brought in some skis in the back of the shop and it just blew up. 
and from there it was like my dad so everyone was living up above the ski shop it's like this tiny little apartment directly up above in little to new hampshire it's where my grandfather was born and then lived all of his life same thing with my dad and his three siblings so it was when my dad graduated college he was like doing the law school route was fully committed to staying in boston when his younger brother herb was like hey we should go back home and stay in littleton and continue this legacy of lahoots um so my dad and uncle herb and uncle joe picked it up all together while my grandfather was still running it and it just continued on and that's when it blew up and um they started to open up new front like new shops we have i think eight locations now between littleton and lincoln new hampshire but it just blew up and became this thing where we had Lahoots, the main store. We have our summit shops. We have a warehouse um, with all the discounted gear from the last season and really just everything for the outdoors, like not just skiing focused. It's anything from hiking to biking to snowshoeing to just like your average, like cold weather gear. Um, and that's where I'll dip into Cirrus later on and kind of how I got into that stuff. But, and then after my I mean, my dad is still there today. My uncle retired. And then my cousin, Anthony, shortly after he jumped into the mix. And that's when the marketing behind it kind of blew up. And the whole story and the the status that we have of being the oldest in America is just insane and so cool to be a part of. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and like you mentioned, sort of the the tradition behind that is, uh, you know, from, you know, living above the store to, you know, obviously now as it's expanded and grown, um, but, you know, keeping that that family uh, tradition there is is really, um, mm-hmm. r- really awesome. And it's cool to be a part of. So um, and so you mentioned it wasn't until you kind of got into um, downhill racing that you sort of um, like really got into outdoors. So what what kind of, I guess, took you down that route like um, in the first place? Well, we grew up on the mountains. So first off, it was the <laughs> excuse to leave school and go and practice. Cause we had a pretty r- relaxed team. It was our public high school. I wasn't doing any like super serious comp- competing, but it was just that like really fun excuse to be able to leave on Wednesdays and Fridays to go train on the mountain and just get on the snow. Um, and my, the mountain Cannon mountain is our home mountain. It was t- like 15 minutes away from my place. So close to home. It was like where we grew up. Um, so that's where I kind of started to really get into it and really like see and be confident on the snow and, and have that feeling of like, I could do this forever and I love it. Um, but that's also when I was like combined with tennis and just getting like used to doing multiple sports, being able to do dance, tennis and skiing at the same time. Like not a lot of people have that opportunity, but because I was from such a small area, I could balance it. Um, but then I was also battling with that, like wanting to go to California for college and knowing that if I went to San Diego, I wouldn't be in the snow as often. So it was, it was like a pretty tough, tough call. Cause I was like wanting to be in the mix of it, but trying to figure out like how I would stay that way. And that's where after moving out here and starting work with Sirius, it was like such a cool middle place to be able to like be tied into this back, back into the outdoor industry and get back on the snow more often. Yeah. So, so when I know you I'm did jumping decide... ahead of the game, but no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so when, when you were kind of balancing those, those three, uh, sports, if you will, was there something that, um, y- you know, kind of set, set those apart? I mean, they're all, they're all, I guess none of them are necessarily team sports because you're kind of doing your own individual, individual thing. So yeah. but was there kind of, 
Um, was there something kind of about that uh, individuality, uh, if I can say that word, opposed to like, you know, if you were playing basketball or something like that, that kind of you gravitated towards that? Yeah, I don't really know why I was I played soccer when I was in like elementary school and middle school, but the individual sports, I think just it was something that I was more passionate about and something I could like really focus in and like compete, compete against myself. Um, and I mean, with tennis, you do have your doubles. And because we were such a small team, we were playing both singles and doubles. Um, and it was a little bit more of a team sport, the same way with skiing. You, we have our whole high school team and we're competing together. But really, I was like competing against myself. Um, and I think it it made me it like built that confidence in a way where like no matter whether I was like a good downhill racer or not, it was still like a really cool thing to like work toward my own goals. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. And, yeah. and I, I agree with that as as well. Um, if anybody's uh, listened to these episodes before, they, I grew up riding BMX bikes, which is obviously pretty individual from that asp- aspect. Very individualistic, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but that that was kind of the same thing. You know, you have, you're, you're kind of competing against yourself in that way. And then, but you still have that um, community and friendship and sort of team around you, even though, well, I guess in some cases how they perform affects how, how the team performs, but doesn't necessarily affect how you perform. Um, yeah. And so. it was, it was also really cool to finally have like one thing that I could really tie into like the family legacy of the ski shop and really have that, like I was in it, I was work like working towards these races and using the gear that we were selling in the shop. And it was just cool to like have that Lahoot ski shop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, probably got some uh, discount on on gear and that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always joked around about like the friend of Phoebe discount, helping out my friends, and it was always cool just the way we were able to grow up in the shop, working behind the counter, and kind of using our rather than being paid, we were being paid in our gear. It was nice. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I, uh, I don't. I've gotten on the snow once, but I know the gear is not inexpensive. So I mean, that's pretty pretty decent. Oh my uh, gosh, yeah. Uh, substitute and it's only there, getting so. worse, but <laughs> for sure. That's no that that's cool and kind of kind of hearing how that kind of jumped into that. But then, uh, like you mentioned, ultimately you decided to go back to to California. What was that trans transition like? You know, going to San Diego from you know a place that had tons of snow and all that stuff to San Diego. And like, what was there like a substitute to kind of that home life that you found almost? It was a total culture shock. Like I thought that, so just a backstory, my mom is from Northern California. So I have a decent amount of family out here. I have an aunt who lives in San Diego and we traveled back and forth visiting family while I was growing up. So it wasn't totally like I'd never been out here, but I was curious and wanted to explore it especially just coming from such a small town. I was like, I need to get out there and see what it's like. Um, So when I moved out here in 2015 for college at USD in San Diego, um, it was like, even though the undergrad population was the size of my hometown, which was terrifying, I still had my (laughs) sister close by and some family knowing that like people were around. But other than those family members, I really didn't have any connection to USD or didn't, I I went in kind of like cold turkey, had no idea who I was, what I was getting into, but it was really a good fit because it's a pretty small university um, and living on campus and just like acclimating to it slowly and found a really good group of friends and knowing that there was outdoor access to like with the mountains so close by and being able to have the snow 
I honestly didn't get up to Big Bear Mountain until after college, but even knowing that that was like close enough by and that I'd be traveling back home for the holidays was like all was what I needed to be like, okay, I'm not totally giving it up right now, but I'm at least like jumping and starting fresh, like having my new lifestyle. I'd say another part of it was that because of the Lahoot's name and how many locations we have in New Hampshire, our name was like all over the place with advertisements and it was a really small town. So like coming from being made, not made fun of, but like having that, like, oh, you're a Lahoot, like, oh, you have the ski shop. I was just really stoked yeah. to like start fresh and have my own story and like have no one know where I came from or what it what it was about. Yeah, no, no, no that that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't really think about that perspective as well. You know, kind of you know, obviously having the name tied to it and and almost getting a uh, um, you know, obviously you want the association, but maybe in some cases it wasn't a fair uh, association from from the peers in yeah. that sense. So, which like um, looking back at it, I fully wish that I had been super proud of it and I was but I also like being 18 was like I need to just get out and see and explore and like be my own Phoebe LaHoot instead of like oh the LaHoot family legacy whatever like from northern New Hampshire no one ever leaves that kind of thing like I was so excited to get out there and my cousin Anthony had done similar when he graduated um he went to school in Boston but he he got out west and was living in California and Colorado and I was kind of following in his footsteps to like see and explore what was out there yeah, no, definitely kind of write, writing your own story in that way, um, yeah. which is which is awesome. And then, and I think it's funny, you know, as you mentioned, as you got there, obviously, the the having family close by sort of helped. But knowing that there were kind of other outdoor activities, obviously, and different outdoor activities out there um, as well. So but you mentioned that it really wasn't until um, closer towards the end of college that you sort of dived back into that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I would say through my first two years of school, the trips that I was making to the mountains were really when I was going back home to New Hampshire. But then like once I had a car out here and once I kind of connected with those people who were also interested in going to the mountains, more like junior, senior year, we started to make some trips. Um, But it wasn't until after graduating and then like fully like moving here full time um, that I started to like drive up to mammoth and big bear and like taking that opportunity to take advantage of the of the california mountains um and then i'm also super fortunate now working with cirrus that we get to make some trips to colorado and kind of blend in those that mountain time with work too yeah definitely so who who has uh who has better mountains (laughs) oh i mean for anyone who's ski on the east coast and knows the like icy cold new hampshire mountains if you've skied out west you know it's so much better but I would honestly say, and I think a lot of people agree that you are so much tougher of a, an outdoor or at least like a skier snowboarder. If you've grown up on the East coast, because you basically grew up on an ice skating rink, it was like total icy mountains conditions, like negative 10 every day. And you're up there and you're like, why do I like this again? But obviously like being on the mountain and skiing and just having that like après ski, that family on the mountain, those days are so, so worth it. And I'm glad that I grew up in such a small, small mountain, like a hometown area where if I had grown up in those big mountains, I mean, even though I would have been exposed to bigger, like backcountry skiing earlier on, I think that growing up with such a like small town, small mountain feel, I'm so like lucky for that. 
Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so, so you know, it sounds like the at, you you prefer the atmosphere out uh, out east, but you're saying the the west they got a little bit easier for the actual uh, sport itself. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, and just like a lot more access and like so many more mountains and such a like small area, like bigger area, and yeah, it's it's back and forth because I love New Hampshire, but then every time I'm like out on mountains in Colorado or even like Mammoth and Tahoe, it's like, well, this is just so much nicer and easier yeah yeah so 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 you you start uh kind of exploring you know mammoth and those mountains out there um with your friends kind of as, as it gets kind of um later later in the college years and that kind of stuff were there any other sort of outdoor activities that you kind of like i guess tested the waters with or maybe you are now but you know with obviously uh you know surfing close by and, and other things like that that you kind of um got your uh your feet wet with i guess during the end of your college career as well yeah so i would say like through college it was a lot of because i i did like 12 years of dance growing up so i was doing like ballet jazz contemporary all of these things from like elementary school all the way to graduating high school and then i tried to do that in college but it just was a lot more competitive and more like cheer style so i found yoga and that's where like I'm just so glad that I found yoga because it was like this integration where I could still like have that similar dance movement, but it was meditative. I was going through like a lot of like um, testing anxiety and like struggling with academics. And so that was like a really nice outlet to be able to have this like meditative, but also still like athletic thing that I could do. Um, And so yoga was huge for me. And then in the last couple of years, since I've stayed in San Diego, Uh, my boyfriend actually introduced me to both rock climbing and then I started getting into surfing with him too. So I've really been able to jump into like all of the outlets here in San Diego because the rocks are so close. Joshua Tree is right nearby. Um, And then of course, like we're right on the coast. So we have so much surfing as well. And I go in waves, like ebbs and flows of like trying to get out there as much as possible. And then like also being intimidated by the ocean (laughs) after like growing up just on the mountains Um, But working from home the last couple of years, that's been like the most positive thing I've seen out of all the COVID stuff is that that extra two hours in the morning, I've been able to jump in the water versus like dealing with the commute out to the office. And then same with rock climbing, we've been able to get out a lot more. And that's something that like when rock climbing gyms closed, we could still go outside. And so it's been really cool to like access different sports that I really was not familiar with growing up on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a much better way to uh, start your morning. I would imagine um, uh, hopping in, mm-hmm. uh, hopping in the the ocean for a little bit rather than uh, sitting in a car for a couple hours. Um, it, yeah, like even if it's a total cold bath and I'm not even catching any waves, it's still like a nice start to the morning, and you feel so much more like, especially working in the outdoor space, I feel so much more connected to it. Being able to get out there instead of just like the standard nine to five, just straight computer the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, yeah. you know, live, live what you're, what you're doing in that sense. And and you mm-hmm. mentioned the, mentioned the dancing again. I just thought of a question. Did having, you know, being able to dance, I am not a dancer myself at all. You do not want to see that, <laughs> but do you feel like that, like kind of that helped with any of your, your kind of ski and, and, you know, maybe even surf skills and that kind of stuff. And that, like, as far as like the, the rhythm and balance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm actually glad that you asked that because I really didn't recognize it at all until like someone mentioned it to me. I was like, wow, that actually helped so much with just balance and technique and structure, like the way that 
dancing creates that like technical ability and the flow and like the rhythm of it it's it's so like weirdly linked to how you can like get up on a surfboard or um just like be sturdy on your skis and kind of just have that like rhythm in a way um so I have felt like it's it's connected in that way and it's really cool to like have that structure from dance for 12 years and even though it wasn't super competitive it was still something I did like three to four times a week and loved it it's hilarious now though because I feel like same to you I I feel just like such a goofy dancer and you would think after (laughs) that much time like on a stage but I think I've just gotten out of the rhythm of it that's cool and I I I assume that might might be the case um how this kind of seemingly uh different activities kind of still have that connection and uh, you know i'm sure there are people mm-hmm. like oh you're catching on to this or whatever so easily you're like uh whatever but it like ties back to dancing somehow so um no that that's cool so yeah i think the main thing for me is the fear factor is like the being confident enough to just like push into waves or or make it to the top of that climb because it's like i have that technical ability and i know that i can do it it's more just that mental game of like I feel so fortunate that I grew up on the mountains at like, I was skiing at like age two, three. So it just, you, you're so used to it. You don't even think of the fear factor of it. Where like, I see kids out here who are five years old and these massive waves and I'm like, holy shit, how are you doing this? But it's because they, they grew up doing it and it's like so natural to them. So I'm like very new and fresh to surfing, surfing and climbing, but because I have that base in skiing and dancing and things that I at least are athletic, I feel like I have a little bit more of that core. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That, you know, kind of, uh, you know, product of your environment and, you know, the little ones that you mentioned product of, of their environment in that sense. Mm-hmm. So, so as you, um, you know, are obviously getting into more outdoor activities now and that kind of stuff or different ones, I should say, um, you've, you've mentioned a, a, a couple of times how, or who, uh, who you work for now and, you know, obviously the similar kind of outdoor industry, so how did how did that kind of transition ha- like how did that opportunity kind of come uh uh come to fruition uh you know what what is it what do you what do you do in that sense and kind of what are some of the similarities between uh you know your family shop and and this Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that cuz this is the coolest thing that I feel so fortunate that Cirrus is a family-run business. They've been based in San Diego for a while, forever, but they um they're cold weather essentials brand. We sell everything from heated gloves to face masks to socks. And now we have base layer. It's like all cold weather essentials. Um, but we, my family shop Lahoots carried Cirrus forever. So I, I grew up wow. like knowing what the product was and being familiar with it and using a lot of the gear um, like that. But we have like the original combo clava. It's the face mask with the nose hole and like the little brief holes. That's like the main mask that everyone's pretty familiar with on the mountains. But I grew up like being very familiar with it and not realizing that they were based in the city that I went to school in. So my senior of college, I made that connection with the sales rep who like we grew up with. His name's Aaron Reese. He was working with Sirius at the time. And he connected me with Danica, who runs their marketing department. Um, and she's actually the daughter of Wendy and Mike Carey, who are CEO and CFO and founders of Sirius. And so I connected with her middle of my senior year for an internship opportunity. And I was actually their first intern on the marketing team. And so it was so dope to be able to work for a company that like had very similar, um, like the same vision and the same like intentions and the way that they run their business and being familiar and having grown up in the ski shop, like behind the counter and doing a lot of the work with them. 
I had a little bit more experience in the outdoor space than like you normally would when you're still in school. And so Danica took me under her wing and I was doing a lot of the social media stuff and helping out with our outreach partners and just like being as hands-on as I could be and helping her because she was the only person aside. She was running marketing for a while on her own and then brought on um, another teammate. And so I was their first intern and was working with them. It was about, I think it was like half of my senior year. Um, And then I graduated and took a pause and they brought me on full time. And so I was a marketing associate for uh, about a couple of years. And then now it's been full time for three and a half marketing strategist and social media manager, um, probably over four now with my college internship, but it does not feel like that much time has flown by. They just, I feel like I'm a part of this really great family um, and they always have my back and everything. And it's just so cool to like work for a company who's in the outdoor space but ironically based in San Diego. So I get (laughs) to have the ocean right nearby, but then still work in like the cold weather space. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of funny how, how life works out that way. Um, and it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sounds, um, I don't want to say, uh, uh, mirror image to Lahoots back home, but you know, kind of that same, that same family vibe, like you mentioned, kind of the perfect fit, um, and and obviously they took a custom to you to kind of how you moved up the the ranks in that way. What um yeah are, are there so uh, obviously you know you you all make uh uh kind of cold weather gear and that kind of stuff. Are there any other kind of different um I don't want to say like initiatives or anything that you all do. I don't know if that's the right word, but like what are some some thing? Are there anything kind of outside of the like strictly uh, product stuff that that you all help to kind of I guess push the outdoor industry in that sense? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. So we are one of the very few black-owned brands in the industry, which in the last couple of years people started to be aware of that a lot more, and it was something that we'd obviously like been doing. Like we we had it from the start, so it was like um, this, this opening in this window of time in the last couple of years that people started to actually recognize that like the space, the outdoor space is not as inclusive as it should be. And we've just been innovating for that inclusive space for so long that it wasn't something we really had to try, try to change in our brand. It was something that we could just continue to be that voice and that leader in this, in this industry, in the space. So we do work with a lot of nonprofits and, have our outreach partners that are just constantly helping to get underprivileged kids out on the snow. And we work with Dale Veterans Program who's helping vets to get on the snow and just pushing our name in that space. And Danica has been just an amazing leader in it and seeing and being able to like have her be my mentor um, and help promote that and just make it so much more of an inclusive space and give access to people who wouldn't normally be feeling like they could get on the snow and could explore skiing or snowboarding or even snowshoeing. Just having that side of Cirrus too has been really cool to be a part of. Yeah, no, that's cool. Cause I, th- I feel like, you know, that, that brings, you know, the, 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 the products and the mission and all that kind of stuff, full, full circle and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. probably feels like you're working on, on something greater than, you know, just, you know, the, uh, the, the mask or the, the shirt or like, wh- whatever, exactly. basically. Yeah. Like, like you can only use so much of like your, your basic gloves and hats and things. And now it's like really cool that we can promote not only our product, but also the vision of the industry and making it this access because it's, it's the outdoors. It's right behind everyone's backyard. Like you should be able to access it no matter who you are and what you do. Um, so being able to be a part of that story at the same time is just so cool. And I feel so honored to 
work with Sirius on that side of the project as well. Yeah, that's all. And, and to that point, is there like a, um, I guess, a specific um, example or project or nonprofit or something that you all have worked with that just like kind of really, um, you know, stood out to you in, in one way or another? Well, recently we've been um, doing some partnerships with our like in-kind donations and partnerships and um, things with uh, Black Outside, and I actually noticed that you had interviewed Alex Bailey, so that <laughs> I was, was so cool. Getting ready to, to say, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was like working with him. We were at um, uh outdoor retailer in Denver a couple of years ago, and we were all together, and we did this whole like for, um, so, you know, Full Circle Everest, we were doing this Full Circle movement and um, talking to a bunch of groups and having conversations like at the show, um, and it was really cool to like be a part of that. And then also sta um, another one, Staples Intense, we got to be at an event with them in Colorado. Uh, it's like a big overlanding event um, and help like all groups like going out and being like on on the road and being camping, like camping together. It was it was really cool to be a part of. And we've gotten pretty close to Philip Henderson over time full, from Full Circle Everest and just learned about their programs and been able to support a little bit with product and just random things like that. So lots going on in the serious front. That no, that that's awesome. And it's 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 cool to hear that and inspiring for, you know, I feel like other people to to hear that because a lot, you know, you you see a brand and some people only associate that brand with, oh, they wanted do this and get as rich as possible, or I don't know, whatever. But, you know, when you're, you know, actually kind of, you know, impacting the community or the industry, you know, that that the product is for at the same time. Um, I, I think that that means so much more. So it's it's cool that you are kind of growing that and building those those connections um, and, and kind of helping in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it also like having run all the social media stuff, we kind of took a pause with focusing on our product and our brand story and focusing more on just the intentions of every other like inclusive group in the industry and helping be an extra channel and platform for them to hype what they're doing and just make people more aware of it. And even though our social following isn't where we like it to be right now, it's still growing. And in a way, it's like so much more real content than something like uh, just like constantly throwing product images out. Like we we have a different way of going about it. And I think it's the best way. And it's it's really cool to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, obviously kind of, you know, growing up in, in, um, uh, Hoots and then what you're doing now, and then, um, where, I guess, where do you see, you know, kind of your, your path moving forward, I guess, like kind of sort of looking into, into the future of, you know, how, how you're going to continue to kind of grow in this way and continue to kind of, um, make these, these unique, uh, impacts and different outdoor activities and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's definitely a, it's a, an intense question. Cause I feel like a lot of <laughs> family and friends are like, what are your plans? What are you thinking? And at this point in time, I love where I live. I love San Diego. I love Cirrus and my role at this company. I know that I do have like the family legacy back home and it's a fourth generation family business where my cousin has taken my uncle's role. My um, brother is graduating college and he has kind of similar interests with me like we're both very passionate about Lahoots, but we also want to take the time to explore on our own and see where things go and right now I know 
that I'm so glad that I'm here with Cirrus and have no intention to move back to the East Coast. It's a pretty big struggle to think about. Like, I would love to just pick up Lahoots and plop it out here, but that wouldn't be the same because obviously, like, it's in the North Country Mountains and we'll see what happens. I mean, I love where I am and the fact that I can be like bouncing back and forth between family stuff and also working with Cirrus is, I feel so lucky because. Not a, not a lot of people have that opportunity to like morph their a family business like into their current role and and their passions and so I I think we'll we'll see what happens but as of <laughs> now we're off like my fourth season of Cirrus and we have lots going on and lots of new product and stuff to hype and I I love being able to be as connected with Lahoots as I can be from afar. And seeing it grow and grow is just the coolest thing ever and just being support where I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, and no, absolutely kind of kind of staying steady with that and, and doing that and still kind of um you know, work working uh with with everybody in that way, I guess. Um still having the connections with both. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It's pretty well, cool uh, how my I didn't actually mention this. My brother, um, he was he's at USD as well. And he started interning for Cirrus uh, recently as well. So it's kind of this funny, like, Lahoots kids being pulled into Cirrus. And then, like, <laughs> of course, it's not a competition at all. But my dad's, like, trying to pull us back. And we're like, no, we love it out here. And my mom's family's out here. So she loves that we're in San Diego because it's closer to her family. So it's this, like, coastal to coastal pull of, like, what do we do? But right now we're so happy in where we are. And we're fortunate that we can travel back and forth and be on both coasts. That's no. Yeah. And that, that's funny. Kind of, you know, you're, you're shifting the, uh, the family dynamics in that way, you know, pull, totally. pulling others in and, and whatnot. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so, um, so one thing I always like to ask our guests is kind of one piece of advice. And I know, uh, you know, you kind of have an interesting story growing up, but I kind of want to, um, go back to what, um, what you've helped with Sierras and kind of the, um, I, I guess the community and the, the nonprofit aspect of it and, and sounds like obviously being a big part of that, how, I guess, what would your advice be to sort of, you know, anybody out here that's listening that, you know, also owns a company or a brand, but how, how for them to get more involved with, you know, the things that matter and also of course, you know, align with their brand, but like, where do you start? Cause you know, that might seem like a daunting task if you haven't done that in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I think, I mean, Cirrus is so lucky that we've been telling the story and a part of the space for so long, but I think that the main thing I would, I would say is that you have to take advantage of your resources and the space that you're in and taking a step back and being able to see like, what are those programs and things that I can get involved with to just educate myself? Like when I was first learning about it, it it was like a little overwhelming because I wasn't familiar with like how to be more involved and making the space more inclusive and just making it more accessible. But Danica was like such a good guide and mentor in it and showing me the ropes and, and showing me like how you, how you change the, the language. And I think just seeing what the opportunities are out there and the groups that are already making that change and not being afraid to just jump into it or reach out and learn a little bit more and see how you can make that difference. I mean, I think it's the same with like, I made that jump when I was 18 to move out to California and that was terrifying, but I'm so glad I did it because I was so much more exposed and, and just able to 
be in a space that's so much more like accessible for larger things where I was so closed off and not as exposed to it on the East Coast, if that helps. It was a little bit of a ramble, but I think I got the point across. No, 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 that, that makes sense. And I, and I love like your comparison of moving to the West coast, um, as well, you know, kind of with anything that you're, uh, kind of, you know, fearful of, I guess, in that sense, or don't really know how to navigate, uh, you know, sometimes it's best just jump into it and then kind of, you know, see what happens and, and, um, Mm -hmm. sort of learn along the way in that sense. But, you know, having that intention, um, is, is important. So, um, to that point, where, where can people, um, find you online, Lahoots online, uh, Sirius online, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I think both definitely check out Lahoots.com. I would love for everyone to learn more about Lahoots and the story. And I, we really didn't get to touch on the film, the North country that, um, we, uh, alongside Step productions and was, uh, sent out through TGR a couple of years ago, we produced this film that was all about skiing in the East and how it came to the East coast and the story behind Lahoots and where it is today. Um, so you can find that on lahoots.com and then at lahoots on Instagram. And then for Cirrus, it's cirrus.com and Cirrus underscore gear for Instagram. We have lots going on this season. And like I said, we use our platform to be able to help other smaller groups um, make their, make their, uh, story shown and yeah check us awesome. out when you get a chance it's sears.com and then lahoots.com awesome well everyone definitely uh make sure um uh check them out check out uh that short film uh and and you know see see what they're up to get some inspiration for for your own whatever you're up to so um anyways phoebe i appreciate you taking the time to share your story your family's story uh and what you're up to now um, and I wish wish you the best of luck uh, this year. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It was so nice to chat with you and happy new year. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.